Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambadero, Dave Burns, hanging out with you on this Friday evening. We're on until 6.30 tonight, walking you right into Suns Trailblazers coverage here on the flagship home of the Phoenix Suns Arizona Sports. A lot going on around the association beyond just the Suns 6-1. and one. Great start to the season. And to talk about all things NBA, we welcome in ESPN NBA insider Bobby Marks, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We welcome him back to Burns and Gambo. Bobby, how are you doing on this Friday evening? Thanks for joining us. I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, are you surprised by the Suns' start, considering no Jay Crowder or Jay Crowder trade? Chris Paul's not hitting any of his shots, can't hit from three, no JaVel McGee, Dario's barely playing. Is, are you surprised they played so well early? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think you're always going to, you know, considering a little bit of the, you know, what hangover there was from the Dallas series, um, you know, dealing with, I guess, you know, adversity to start training camp, you know, you know, looking lethargic and for most of game one and then coming back. And they've played, you know, like the team, the regular season team that we saw, you know, last year. I mean, Mikhail Bridges has played at a, you know, we talked about it with Zach Lowe today on his podcast. I mean, just at a high level and, you know, certainly with Devin doing what he's doing. And I think you're probably seeing a Western conference that at least right now, um, is probably not. A, I think it will be, you know, really, really strong. But you've, you know, you're catching teams. You know, certainly, you know, teams like the Clippers. You're catching them probably at the right time. Minnesota right. still trying to figure out things. So um, when you bring back that that same group, um, that allows you to get off to a good start. I, I want to talk to you about that Minnesota game and just specifically Cam Johnson, Bob, because your expertise here can really help. Mm-hmm. Cam Johnson had a tremendous game. They put him in the starting lineup. He had 29 points. He shoots the ball so, so well. He was not signed. He'll be a restricted free agent. Yeah. Same thing that DeAndre Ayton was. Did the Suns make a mistake in not getting him signed? Was his value just going to skyrocket now with the cap going up and him playing well? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because I think the cap, yeah, I mean, the cap's going up, I think, but you're starting to see, you know, certain teams coming off the board. Uh, you saw, you know, a team like Memphis that could have had room, um, you know, go out and do some, um, you know, extensions with, you know, Stephen Adams, um, you know, players like Brandon Clark's another good example. Um, you know, that's, you know, although we might have 12 or 13 teams here, some of those teams, as we've seen in the past, are not going to go out and put down a, you know, four-year, $90 million offer sheet on, um, you know, on a player like Cam. It just takes one. Um, so I think we're still in a, in a wait and see. I think we're, if you're a team out there that's looking to invest in him to north of $20 million, I think you probably want a little bit more, more body of work. But, um, you know, restricted free agency, the offer sheet process, as you guys saw, you know, the team has, you got the advantage until you don't, um, until you get something there. And um, I think you you had the opportunity to become a, be a little bit of aggressive there. And there's no deal. Um, you know, you just, for, for Phoenix's perspective, you just, you know, if you see a lot more of these, you know, 29-point games, then it will, it will certainly cost you, um, you know, next year. Yeah. 
Bobby Marks from ESPN, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The other side of that coin, of course, is Jay Crowder, still a member of the organization, not traded. And again, from your kind of unique perspective here, it doesn't appear as if now there's any real rush for the Phoenix Suns to do anything. How is all of this impacting Jay? And if and if you were the Suns, would you be playing this nice and cool and nice and slow when it comes to Jay, since you're not really compelled to do anything right now? Yeah, I mean, I think you know when he, you know, when they, I guess, mutually agreed to kind of go in a different direction here. I just didn't think a, a trade was imminent. Um, we rarely see it. Um, usually, teams are in that kind of that twenty-day sample to see where their rosters are. You know, thirty-five percent of the NBA can't be traded right now because of you know every, all the restrictions from this past summer here. So I think when we get probably to December, I think maybe things pick up a little bit because maybe the asking price of a team. Maybe like Memphis or like Miami, you're willing to give up a little bit more than you were back in back in November here. So I think the thing for Phoenix, you know, you guys know, I mean, you want something that is not only going to help you this year, but, you know, can certainly try to help you, you know, next year just based on where their finances are. I, I think it's kind of, in some ways kind of ridiculous, right? I mean, this is a good basketball team. They signed him with a three-year deal. They paid him, you know, more years than anybody else wanted to pay him. Some guys probably their whole lives want to want to play on a team that has a chance to win a championship and they never get to. I'm I'm kind of surprised that Jay Crowder doesn't want to be on this team. I am too, and I think you know certainly you know it's, it's a little bit of a slippery slope when we're talking. You know, I don't. I wouldn't be in a position wanting to offer him an extension. Um, I would. You know, I don't think you. I don't think teams have to be forced to just because a player is going into an expiring year. Um, although a player that's helped you out and is you know getting up there in age, sometimes you want to play out the year here. And if the, if the extension part is the hold up, and you know it's certainly a, a little bit of a diminished role. If you're Jay Crowder here, you know you're kind of you come in with a little bit of an edge on your, you know, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, and you prove people wrong. You know, the value of Jay Crowder is not going up, for, you know, with him sitting, you know, sitting at home right now. Bobby Marks, our guest here on ESPN. I gotta ask you about the situation in Brooklyn, and I'm, I, we're just getting word that Nike has apparently announced that they are suspending its relationship with Kyrie Irving effective immediately. They will no longer launch his new signature sneaker, the Kyrie Eight. Obviously, you've been following the situation super close. You're talking about it a lot on the network. What he's suspended, he's not going to play anytime soon. How how long are they going to want to give this in Brooklyn? with the new coach before they decide this is an untenable situation and we need to make some major changes around here, do you think? Uh, it should have been Monday. It should have been Tuesday. You know, I think, and I said it you know, early in the week, it's like I get it if it's a you know, first time and everybody deserves, you know, maybe, you know, one or two multiple opportunities to fix things here. But, I mean, ever since, you know, certainly back in Boston and, and his arrival in Brooklyn, every year there's been something different here. And this is certainly the, you know, this is the, the tip of, you know, this is the number one thing, how egregious it is here. And I think you're from, from Brooklyn's perspective, like, it should be enough. It should be enough for him to, you know, for you to say, go home, you know, we'll pay you, we'll, you know, and you can find a new team next year when you're a free agent. I don't think, you know, I don't think that the trade value for him, I don't even think a team like the Lakers would, would flip Westbrook for him based on what everything happened here. And wow. I think you have to get to a point where he's not part of your future here. You know, I understand the Durant situation, wherever that goes here. I don't think you should be desperate catering to what Kyrie Irving wants. Um, and I think they've, they've done that the last three years. 
the Nets had all the leverage in the summer when you know Durant wanted out because they could have they, they they and I don't blame them for trying to run it back, Bobby. You had Ben Simmons coming in, you were hoping that he was going to be good, and you know you're hoping to get Joe Harris back, and you're going to have Kyrie, and you know if everything goes right, that's a team that should have contended, you know, in the Eastern Conference, but it's not going to. It's a disaster. How soon are we going to be revisiting the Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns trade? I think the next 10 games, um, we'll see, you know, where this roster, you know, five of them without Irving, their schedule, you know, they're in Charlotte. I mean, they're in Washington. They got at Charlotte. And then it gets really tough. You know, Dallas, I think New York, you out West. Um, I, I'm interested to see where they are, you know, come, I guess, the, the end of November here. I mean, if they're six and 15, six and 16, I think you are revisiting the Durant stuff. I, and I, and I look at it because here is your really, based on what you owe Houston. Here is your loan, basically your loan year to get a top pick in the draft. It, I know the, the Rockets have the right to swap. Houston's sitting at one right now, but there's an outside chance Brooklyn could be looking at the second or third pick in the draft. And I think you do need a reboot here. And I, I agree with you. The leverage, what you maybe thought they had um, in the summer, it's not there. So the package of home run players that you're looking for, is probably not there. The Pascal Siakam's of the world is probably not there right now. Brandon Ingram, you know, certainly the guys in, in Phoenix here. So now you're looking at, you know, are we looking just to get back draft picks for pick swaps, maybe some serviceable players like Utah did here. And I think, I think that's a decision that the front office will probably have to answer when we get to late November, probably early December. Yeah, they were ne- the Nets were never interested in DeAndre Ayton, and I think that's why a trade probably never came about. But the Suns did not want to put Mikhail or Cam Johnson into a package. They wanted to hold on to both of those guys. I would imagine it's still going to be the same thing, that the Suns and James Jones are very willing to give up whatever draft picks they can give up, plus pick swaps, but not give up any of their main core of players. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's enough, but if the Nets don't have the same leverage, maybe that can get it done. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they've got all those, you know, you mentioned Crowder and Campaign and Sarich. You know, they've got a bunch of expiring contracts to, to get it there. And maybe, hey, push comes to shove and you're taking one pick out. And if it's Cam Johnson, then that's something that that some front office will have to think long and hard about. But, yeah, the days of thinking that, a, a, you know, Mikhail Bridges is involved in a, in a potential Durant trade, I you know, it's the same as, you know, thinking that Pascal Siakam could be involved in a Durant trade in Toronto. I just don't, I don't think teams have to have to go there. Yeah. Bobby, I know it's late on a Friday. We appreciate the time, uh, especially joining us late on a Friday. Thank you for the conversation. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.